guys. Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast that gives you a fresh and faithful perspective of the scriptures that we hope will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you are learning to others. I am Krista, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my awesome, exciting, wonderful husband, Zach, doing a throwback. Remember when we used to do that? I'm sorry to anyone who's listened to the Book of Mormon episodes where we did those weird um, things where we said, and I'm here with my <gasps> blank husband, Zach, or you did it to me too. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I, giving, was, I, was, I was smooth when I did it and really calm. <laughs> I was going to say, you're giving me a confused look like you don't remember. <laughs> Zach's in denial. No, I remember it. I was just very calm and cool and people <laughs> loved it when I did it. So I just was like... What was I doing? I think I was I was listening back to a couple of the episodes um, and just thought like, wow, how long did we, how many of these episodes did we do where this was our intro? You know, you live and you learn. I'm sure we'll look back on some of these next year and think, It was Ooh. funny. People loved it. I, it was they there. They told me all the time. That they just thought <laughs> it was I'm sure. Hilarious. I'm sure they did. But we are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we are excited as usual um, to be here recording this episode Um Episode 48, we've only got a couple more left um, in the New Testament, and we're moving into a new book. We're going to start studying in the book of Revelations today. Um, I wanted to make a quick mention um, for all of the Christmas things that the church has put out. You probably know about most of them, if not all of them. But if you haven't yet gone over to lighttheworld.org, that's the church's new web address where you find all things Christmas. And so you can um, sign up for the Light the World daily texts if you're not getting those yet. It's also where you can watch the new Christ Child video, which I have watched well, probably a dozen times in the last week and just love it. Um, which we mentioned. That was the one we talked about last week. Right, too. right. Yep. Um, and anyway. they have videos each day for the different things, the Light the World, the calendar. There's just a bunch of great fun resources to to work with there so merry beginning of the christmas season to all of you that's our even though it feels like it's like already over i you said yesterday or no the kids were asking how many days till christmas and we said what 18 and i was like "Ah, it's almost here i have so much to do do we no Nah, we don't (laughs) we just need to get some presents or something i don't even know maybe um We have a question that we wanted to start with this episode. We haven't started with a question in a couple of episodes. Um, This one comes from a long time ago, and we couldn't find the question. We know someone asked it. So if this is your question, and we never answered it, we are sorry, and here's the answer. Um, The question is about the Book of Revelation, kind of, and about the Book of Mormon. And I'm sure it's one that, I mean, I heard this often on my mission, um, and I'm sure you have too, if you've been around Bible people. Bible-loving people, this is definitely one of those questions. And I do remember that this question that someone asked us, messaged us about, was that, like, they had a Christian friend that they were talking to about the scripture. So So this is Revelation chapter 22, um, starting in verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And people will use that quite often to say, see, right there, the Bible itself says that you can't add anything to the Bible. And if you try and add something to the Bible, that God will add the seven plagues to you. 
Um, the reason I like this question is because the answer to it, I think, will help us understand just a little bit of what the book of Revelation is. First of all, and perhaps most importantly to answer the question, the book of Revelation was not, is not chronologically the latest book written. When they constructed the Bible, the word Bible just means collection of books. Um, they gathered together in multiple conferences, about 4th century AD, and they understood that if Christianity were really to move forward, there needed to be a canonized uh, set of scriptures, as it were. Up to that point, every congregation in the world was using a different set of writings. You know, some people had this gospel that they really liked. Some people had this epistle that they really liked. And there were hundreds, if not thousands of them all over. And the problem was, is that different things were being emphasized in different places. And so to harmonize and to unify the church, they held these councils, one of them being the famous Council of Nicaea, and they brought together all of their different writings and then had to, through a process of argument and vote and uh, wrestle, settle on a canonized Bible. And the books that we currently have are the ones that they chose to canonize. It was not all the writings available to them, but they were generally the most accepted ones or the ones that they felt most helped to teach main church doctrines that they wanted to unify on. However, when they put the books together, they weren't haphazard, but they also weren't deliberate in necessarily putting them in, for example, chronological order. We mentioned with the Gospels, most people think that the Gospel of Mark was written first and that Matthew, Luke, and John came later. Well, similarly, of John's writings, there's the Gospel of John, there are his epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then there is this book, the Revelation given to John, um, that all are ascribed to John the author. Most people think that they do actually come from him. Um, and there's quite a bit of evidence to suggest that the book of Revelation actually was not the last book that John wrote chronologically, uh, which would mean that that verse... Uh, at the end of Revelation, most likely doesn't apply to the, well, it doesn't. The Bible didn't exist when, when John wrote Revelation. So that verse doesn't apply to the Bible. It applies to the book of Revelation. In other words, don't add to this book that I've written and don't take away from this book because it's been given to me, John, an apostle of the Lord, and it's authorized scripture. Interestingly enough, um, most people think that the gospel of John was one of the last things, if not the very last thing that he wrote. And if you read the last verse in the Gospel of John, it says this. And I, there's a little caveat because um, another thing that a lot of people think about the Gospel of John is that John chapter 21 was actually added later by maybe someone else, a different scribe, or that it was a different account that they added and put at the end of John. But it doesn't matter because either John chapter 21, verse 25... Or John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, say the same thing. So listen first to John chapter 21, verse 25. If this was the last thing John wrote, listen to what he says. There are also many other things which Jesus did, to which, if they could be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So if that was the last thing that John wrote, he clearly says, there are so many other things that Jesus did, and we know of some of them because they happened in the new world and books were written about them, that the world couldn't hold the things that could be written. If that wasn't the last thing that John wrote, if he really did end in John chapter 20, listen to this, John chapter 20, verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So whichever one of those is the last thing that John wrote, 
clearly indicates that there is far more to go. So, little pitch for next year's Book of Mormon. John might have had in mind the Book of Mormon when he's talking about many other things which Jesus did, um, many other books that were written. We know of Book of Mormon prophets that saw John. It's not all that far out there to think that John might have known or been blessed in vision to see Book of Mormon authors and known that those were some of those other books that were available. I kind of think it it brings a lot into perspective as we think about what John, who he was and what he was writing. I just like thinking about the order that those might have happened. It kind of deepens what we just studied last week in in his books, letters. Those mm-hmm. were letters, right? Epistles, yeah. The epistles from John, 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 first through third John. Um, because part of that passion that he felt and those things that he wrote possibly in those other books could have been after he experienced this vision that we get to hear him describe in as we start studying this book of revelation and i think that makes it even more deep some of this is a really personal vivid experience that he explains in the book of revelation i think it's really cool to think here's maybe what he gleaned from it or you Mm -hmm. know what order all of this happened is kind of great because we get a peek into um, what he knows and what he feels even deeper about the savior so with that introduction let's dive in um, if you have any trepidation about the book of Revelation, it's probably justified. The book of Revelation is a difficult verse. Krista's raising her hand. I know, I'm raising my hand. I've been so nervous about this one for some reason. Like, I I think, but like Zach's saying, I think that's probably a feeling that we're, um, that maybe many of us feel. I was almost thinking like, this is kind of, can start to feel like like Isaiah. Revelation and Isaiah to me are kind of that same, but even... Or Harry Potter, you said just briefly. This <laughs> kind of feels like I'm reading Harry Potter. No, just some of some of the stuff in, in the scriptures. That, that might be a little... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it can be somewhat confusing. But I think what one of the things that I felt was that of like, you know, this is all scripture and Maybe the first time I read it, I'm not going to get as much. But as we study, we can we can gain yeah. more. So kind of removing that in hopes that this episode will help you remove maybe some of that fear. Maybe some of you aren't. Maybe some of you have studied Masters it, I'm sure. Masters of the Book of Revelation. Yes, I'm sure many of you are that too. But um, anyway. There's a lot of reasons why Revelation can be confusing. Um, there are hundreds of different explanations for the symbolism in Revelation, even within the church. There are multiple different explanations. Um, Of course, we have some Latter-day Revelation that's helpful. In the Doctrine and Covenants, Joseph Smith asked a lot of questions to the Lord about the book of Revelation and got some very clear answers. And so that helps us quite a bit. But even with that, there there are uh, later church leaders that say things that um, make some of the earlier statements, even by Joseph Smith, a little bit confusing. And so it's a difficult book to navigate. There's lots of things written about it, especially if you step outside of the church world and lead, read other biblical scholars and and uh, analyses. It's tough to navigate. It's very visual, very symbolic, which means it um, it could be a plethora of different things. Yeah, one of the things I was I was researching before looking at was just kind of the broad perspective of what Revelations is, and even scholars take these different approaches to it you know they look at it like the end of the world or they look at it as a present or a past thing so Mm -hmm. i think even within the church and scholars there's there's just a lot of different ways we can interpret it so what we want to do this episode is kind of strip away some of that if you want an in-depth analysis of the symbolism of revelation then there are books about it you can come talk to me about it i've i've 
we spent I've, I've spent time studying this, but in all of my studies and in all of my trying to nitpick individual symbols and connect and find out who was saying what about what, nothing has been as valuable as some of the basic, simple truths that the book of Revelation teaches. We want to give you three keys that will hopefully unlock Revelation to you and then give you some examples of things that we found using those three keys. So the three keys are very helpfully at the very beginning of the book of Revelation, what some people call the preface. This is the part that isn't necessarily symbolic. It's not difficult to read. Revelation chapter one, verse one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Now, just to give you background of where John's at, verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other words, John is imprisoned when he's writing the book of Revelation. And so he feels a camaraderie with the saints. This is kind of like um, section 121 and 122 in the Doctrine and Covenants, where Joseph Smith is writing from Liberty Jail to the church. Well, this is John writing from prison to the church. Um, And he's writing for a very specific purpose. Verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein for the times at hand. The first key is that first word in verse 3. Blessed is the same word that Matthew uses in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed, and it just means be happy, rejoice. Um, In other words, the first key to Revelation is uh, it was meant to bring people hope and happiness. So as you read the book of Revelation, even though you might come across some kind of scary things, dragons and battles and beasts, Remember that this was meant to give hope. And so as you read, look for things that give hope and provide happiness. Yes, I love that verse three. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written written in it. Um, A couple things. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Um, Maybe we don't understand every word, but you're here. You're reading. You're trying. Um, And I think that in and of itself shows God that we're ready and we're willing to learn. And like I said before, maybe we're just learning one little bit this time, but next time, that's why the scriptures are so great, right? Because we can go back to them and learn and learn. Um, But then also, blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written, which that keep refers to like doing something, action, taking action. And that's a lot what we talk about what we have talked about and when we've talked about our study record that this the scriptures aren't necessarily there just to know more about the scriptures but to learn more about what god wants you um to learn and to do the purpose of revelation recorded revelation might be two purposes one of course to share with you what was revealed to someone else but the second purpose maybe the more important purpose is to inspire your own revelation. So whether or not you're you're saying whatever, whether or not you understand all the symbols of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. it might open up to you your own revelation, which could be more powerful than understanding the book in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of um that can be said for just showing your willingness by being in the scriptures, even if it's the book of Revelation and you're a little intimidated by what's there. So key one, remember that it's supposed to bring you hope. Number two, verse two, um, who 
bear record of the word so John who bears record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw second thing the second key and this one maybe goes without saying but the book of revelation is meant to focus on Christ uh, the word's interesting the word that's uh, translated as revelation does mean to reveal but in other places in the new testament it's used in the context of revealing the bride to the groom. It's an unveiling. In other words, the book of Revelation, similar to other writings of John, is meant to unveil the bride. Jesus often refers to himself as the or as the as the bridegroom. Um, it's meant to unveil the Savior to the church. It's meant to help us understand him more. Now, the Gospel of John is meant to help us understand the mortal Christ more, whereas the book of Revelation is meant to help us understand the pre-mortal, also the mortal, and the post-mortal Christ. It's, it's, it has a much bigger scope, but the goal is the same. It's meant to help you understand Jesus Christ. So key one, it brings you hope. Look for hope. Key one, it or key two, it reveals Christ. Look for Christ. And the number three comes from verse three. We already read it, but at the very bottom it says, um, you know, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. This is a very big emphasis in the book of Revelation. And that is that the time is at hand or the time is close. Of course, much of the book of Revelation focuses on things that are in John's future. But I kind of think what he means there is it's in his future, but in our present very similar to what Mormon says in the Book of Mormon, that he's writing these things to a modern audience and he knows that they will read them and he knows that they will understand it. I think John has the same feeling about us. The time is at hand for us to understand it. So the third key is, remember that this book is written about a time that's closer to us than it was to John. Even though it's written in his language, we're probably uniquely situated to understand it better than anyone else in the history of the world because it's happening right now. So those three keys, look for something that brings you hope, look for something that reveals Christ, and look for something that helps you right now. With those keys, we want to give you just a couple of things that we found. Of course, you will find so much more in your study. I'm a little bit sad that Come Follow Me only gives us two weeks in the book of Revelation because really you could spend an entire year just with those three keys, finding powerful things. But we'll give you a couple of our things and then you'll go find your own. Yeah, and at the very least, I hope, at least me, as we've talked about this in this way, at least not only those things, but maybe a little bit of excitement as you open up your scriptures to study over the next few weeks in the, in the book of Revelation. I think something that brings me hope or makes me excited and happy about this is maybe just starting again in some of these first few verses in Revelation. Um, this is from chapter 2, verse 7. He says again, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers. Um, I think in, in that we can see that we get this opportunity to hear and listen. Let anyone who has ears, listen to what's happening, and the Spirit will teach us what we need to learn. And I love the example that we have, have from John in this. He says um, in verse, in again in chapter 1, starting in verse 10, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. 
So here we are um, seeing an example of something that we've talked about a lot, that revelation comes um, as we show God that we're willing to do something. And sometimes doing something is just writing something down. Sometimes it's what I read before, that we have ears to hear um, and that we're showing our willingness. And that makes me um, feel blessed. It makes me happy and excited to know that in the book of Revelation, there are things for me and in the scriptures generally that um, as I show my willingness to show up, um, to listen and listen for the spirit and write, maybe write down those things like we, like we see John doing, that um, we will be blessed and be um, given, given revelation from God. I like that a lot. Um, a little bit later on in chapter five, John sees in vision and a scroll that's sealed and he can't open it. And it says that he weeps because he can't open it. But then one of the elders, this is verse five in chapter five says, weep not behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book. Now, um, Doctrine and Covenants talks about this scroll being a representation of the earth's history, which is obviously true. But I read it this time and thought, what if this is a symbol for revelation? John weeps because this scroll containing this revelation can't be read, but then he finds out that Jesus Christ has power to help him open it and unfold it. And I thought, what if that is representative of our own personal revelation, that Jesus Christ can help us understand revelations in the scripture? Yes, but he can also help us understand God's revelation to us, that he can open that scroll, as it were, and unveil it to us and um, anyway, just kind of going with what you were saying, it helps me to feel excited that I can understand scripture and I can understand God's revelation to me. One of the things that I found that gives me hope is in the first couple chapters of Revelation, uh, John writes to the seven, to seven of the churches spread throughout Asia. And he writes to each of them uh, a brief little explanation of their trials, some counsel for them, and then he repeats a word to each of the seven churches. So here it is to Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 7. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Um, verse 11. To Smyrna, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Um, verse 17. To Pergamos. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in the white stone a new name written which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. And on and on and on. You can read each of those statements. Uh, interestingly enough, the Greek word that's translated as overcome is Nike. It's where the company gets its name, to overcome, to overcome trials and difficulties. And that's one of John's main messages. Here he is in prison, and he wants to show this vision. And in the vision, if you look at this, one way to view the revelation is to look at Jesus Christ's pre-mortal conquering of Satan, his mortal conquering of Satan, and his post-mortal conquering of Satan. And John shows all three visions, what life was like in the pre-mortal life, what it was like now, and what it will be like. And in each one of those scenes, Jesus Christ overcomes and conquers. And so that gives me a lot of hope as I read it to know that whatever's happening now, Jesus Christ has overcome trials, will overcome trials, and can help me overcome my trials. And of course, let's not forget that most important part is seeing Jesus Christ in the scriptures as we read in all scripture. I think if one thing this book teaches me is that um, 
and maybe it makes me excited for another study of the Old Testament. Um, we have so much of the Old Testament in the book of Revelation because that's what John had, right? He was studying from those words. And here he is quoting these, yet it's from his own personal experience. Now, one of those, um, I think we can just let let it sink in a little bit about in some of these chapters and really focus on seeing Jesus Christ. I love this verse. He's quoting from the Old Testament here. This is in chapter 4, verse 11. Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. I love that some of these things that he recorded were things that he was feeling that he knew that other prophets in the past had experienced. And I think we have that same opportunity here to really um, let Jesus Christ be centerpiece of, of what this whole book is about and see him in these verses and see him more in our lives as we recognize him in the scripture and in this revelation from John specifically. I like that verse too. I noticed how in a lot of these images, these visions that John receives, you know, he sees these different beasts or these elders and and in almost every single instance they bow down and worship the king or they worship the lamb the uh, lamb which is even more cool to that you know the lamb symbolic right. in that of that peace and that comfort that he can offer us yeah well to conclude um, a final thought from revelation 7 the beginning of this chapter john sees um 144,000 people, elders that are sealed with the seal of the living God on their head. And of course, there's different religions that have different takes on that. Um, but one of the most damaging readings of that, I think, is that salvation is limited to 144,000 people. That contradicts very starkly what John sees a little bit later on. This is starting in verse 9. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts that fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. I love John's vision that there is a multitude of people that he can't even number that will be saved. In John's day, Christianity is a couple of thousand people. But he looks down the road to see um, multitudes of people that he can't even number that have their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb and are clean and free and stand before him. And he's their God. And I love in verse 15, not just the Lamb is with them, but he that sitteth on the throne, God himself, the Father, is with them. And that in a coming day, that will be what the world looks like. 
God on his throne, the lamb with us, and us with our robes washed white being with him. That brings me so much hope to know that that's the role the Savior plays in my life now and that that's the role he'll play in the world to come. Thank you so much for listening, for being here. We would love it if you would go ahead and give a review or a five-star in your app that you listen in. Um, We're just grateful for all of you for sharing and for caring and all of that. Um, We hope that you have a great week, and we can say it because it's December. Merry Christmas.